Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here with you. I am so excited about today's broadcast because I've got a special guest here all the way from the United Kingdom, all the way from London, and he's a prophet, he's a seer, he's a watchman, and he has written a book that we're going to talk about today, a little bit about, and I want you to get this book. It's called Eat, Sleep, Prophesy, Repeat. I want to make sure I got that in the right order because I, I might sleep first. I don't know, but but it doesn't really matter. The, the point is... It's a continual cycle in our lives. And this, you know, Tommy gave me this book um, uh, when I was just in London with Dr. Sharon Stone. I was sharing uh, in the mentoring day. And of course, we had the Awakening House of Prayer there in uh, in Windsor now by the facilitation of Dr. Sharon and her team there. And, and he said, oh, let me give you this book. And I'm like, wow, the cover is pretty. The title is great. And I'm hoping to get a T-shirt that says this. So um, I want everybody to share right now, whatever platform you're watching on, share and invite, because this is going to be a great educational moment for you. I don't know where the Lord's going to take this. We don't have a script. We don't have a question list. You know, I like to fly by the seat of the Lord. Amen. (laughs) So we're going to get into this. Here's my guest today. I'm kicking it over uh, to Tommy. Um, And uh, you tell him about you, yourself, what you do and your book. Hi. Uh, first of all, Jennifer, thank you for having me on your program. Yes. I feel so privileged. Uh, when I got your message, I, I have to say I was I was sharing it with just about everybody. I was so excited that 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 you would have me. Truly appreciate it. Um, my yes. name is Tony Arayomi. 
Um, I have been in ministry since I was 15 years old. Wow. And I've served with my brother now. We've been serving probably for over 16 years in, in full-time ministry. Uh, we're, we're part of a network called Christian International Europe, uh, which is headed by Dr. Sharon Stone. And uh, we are uh, part of the Upstart Prophetic Oversight, but we also do head up the prophetic training for Europe, and um, I, I say we uh, because I have an identical twin brother. So if you see someone misbehaving, I promise you, <laughs> it is not me. Um, and uh, we both head up that uh, ministry together, and also I co-pastor as well a church with Dr. Sharon Stone. Um, apart from that, I run a ministry called Tommy Ramy Ministries, which is an itinerant traveling ministry, and I get the privilege with my wife of traveling all over the world and training people that they can hear God's voice too. And that hearing the voice of God is just as easy as eating, sleeping, prophesying, and repeating. Amen. That is so, so good. Again, the name of the book before we get into it is Eat, Sleep, Prophesy, Repeat. And I just think that, you know, prophecy, I wake up prophesying. I prophesy over myself. When I wake up, I prophesy to the devil. I tell him he needs to back up, get off. I've read the end of the book. I just prophesy all the time. And, you know, I'm also part of the Christian International Network. And, um, you know, we were just we're just trained that way to prophesy yeah. it. And of course, you have to hear from the Lord. We're not just making stuff up. But but prophecy is is vital. It's just vital to where we are. Um, let me ask you a question, Tommy. Why did you write this book now? I wrote this book because I think there's a lot of mysticism surrounding the prophetic. And because most people I've come across treat the prophetic like an add-on. And I'm usually invited to churches as that special guest speaker who can hear the voice of God and prophesy over the masses. But yet when I read the Bible, it tells me my sheep hear my voice. Mm. So the fundamental thing is that in the Old Testament, hearing God's voice was the ceiling, right? It was the paramount thing. It was the thing everything, everybody longed for. But in the New Testament, hearing the voice of God is the foundation of the New Testament church. Another reason I wrote the book was I was reading the book of Acts chapter 2. And God really opened my eyes to see it in this clear way that I'd never seen it before. Here's this group of people gathering up a room, speaking in tongues. Today, we know it as the Pentecostal experience. But in chapter one of my book, I call Acts chapter two the defining moment, because I think if we're not careful, we'll miss what Acts chapter two is about. And we'll call it about speaking in tongues. We'll say it's about grandma's wig falling off, people running around the building. <laughs> but, but we'll miss the focus of what Acts chapter two is about. The Bible says Peter stood up with the crowd and said, we're not drunk. This isn't about some crazy hibby-jibby movement. This is what was foretold, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and sons and daughters will prophesy. So Acts chapter 2 really wasn't about the birthing of Pentecost. It was about the birthing of what I call propheticost, when mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh and every single New Testament believer could hear the voice of God. That is amazing. I love how you put that. Uh, that's, uh, is it Propheticost? Propheticost. Maybe I should have called that the name of the book, Propheticost. Uh, Who knows? I, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> now, here's the, here's the rub. We know that my sheep hear my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. We know there are many Christians who are deceived. They are following the voice of the enemy in the sense yeah. that they don't believe things about themselves that God says in his word. But then there's the whole other camp 
that probably since the charismatic movement, when we start to started to see the gifts, you know, really rise up in the church, yeah. there's a lot of other people who believe that just because they can prophesy that they're a prophet. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about what we call the anatomy of the prophetic sure. and how people sort of understand you know, what are the, the different parts and levels and where they fit in? Because while everybody can prophesy, Paul said, are all apostles, are all prophets? Yeah. And the answer was, was no. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good question. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 that he gave some to be prophets. And I, I always tell people, underline that word some, because if you're not part of that some, just thank God. Because yeah. <laughs> that, that, that some is a call to death to self. It's a call to a life of sacrifice. It's a call to a life laid down. And I've never seen the conclusion of those some ending fully well in the Bible. I mean, one of them sold in half, another one is put in prison. So, so thank God you're not part of the some. James says those who are part of that some will be judged more harshly. And so, um, in summary, that some is not an elite few that that's not how i believe the the bible puts it in fact i believe the bible clearly portrays it and jesus illustrates it by washing some feet and saying a servant is no greater than his master so this is the call to be the foot washer this is the call to be the servant of the bride this is a call of great honor as well and great privilege um then you have the gift of prophecy which the bible talks about which is for edification exhortation and comfort most people mistake the gift with the office you know the office has the authority the bible says to tear down pull down overthrow build and plant the office has national jurisdiction. The office speaks to the nation. The gift speaks to the church. That's mm. really my, my, my clarity in how I define it. The Bible says that the one who prophesies by the gift builds up the church. For when an unbeliever comes in, their, their hearts are convicted by all and they're brought to their knees and they confess, surely God is among you. When we talk about the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy is an arena we're all called to operate in. You know, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, or as Revelation puts it, the testimony or the witness of Jesus Christ is 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 the the, the spirit of prophecy. And, and to them that have this testimony or this witness worship God. Now, most people say be born again with the evidence of tongues. I like to say be born again with the evidence of prophecy. Yes. By, by nature of the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you and I, every one of us should operate in the realm of the spirit of prophecy. But there's a final realm that I talk about in my book, called the friend of God. And the friend of God is really uh, what God called Abraham, what God called Moses. He called them his friend. Three days before Jesus is about to die, he calls his disciples friends. Mm. Um, I believe that there is a special place God has for his friends. For the Bible says he reveals his secrets to those that fear him. And so there's a place for people who have never given a prophecy in their life, uh, but yet God calls them prophet because they fear him. That, that to the point that God says, I dare not do this thing unless I first tell my friend Abraham. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's a realm of intimacy that every believer can tap into where they would be seen as a prophet because they've come into the friendship, not the familiarity, but the honor and the fear of God. Wow. That is really, really, really good. And, and I liked how you put that with the office of the prophet. It's just a it's a higher level, farther reaching 
vision. It's a national thing. It's an international yeah. thing. It's yeah. different. It's a different level of government. It's a different. Yeah. It's just a different. It's like, you know, it's like the president is in an office, you know, the yeah. president of, of the United States or you know, parliament. They're they're in an office. And so, oh, sure. you know, our churches are, 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 are probably should be churches. But but I want to bring this back around to that international thing here, because you and I both had a similar word over France. Yes. We did. And um, my, it went France on fire is what I call mine. I went to France. I was there with you guys. The next day I went to France. And when I stepped on the ground, I heard the Lord say France on fire. And I didn't know what it meant. Uh, Everybody knows I tried to dissect it. I prayed through it. I studied the history of revival. I was hoping that's what it meant, but I knew that it was something more nefarious and it was France on fire. Now come to find out that, uh, so like a ton of churches in France have been burned down, you know, in the last like year or so. And it's, you know, this was sort of like a construction thing, but, but, but there's something going on here. And you had, what what was the word you had? Cause it was similar to mine. I'll let you tell them. Um, it was very similar. So when uh, somebody actually sent me a message saying Jennifer LeClaire had, had the same, uh, uh, prophetic word, I was, um, we run a program called the watch, which is, you know, we do, um, most weeks in the morning at 6 a.m. And the watch is really about what's God saying to the nation and how can we as prophets come on board and share that word. And um, actually, that the night before, I had a vision. And in this vision, I saw Paris on fire. I specifically saw fire, Paris, and I saw protest. And, um, you know, the Bible says we behold in part and we see in part. So I was thinking, what is this, terrorism? You know, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, But when I went on the next day, I I remember the Lord saying, make sure you share it, make sure you share it. Right at the end, I forgot to share it. And so I said goodbye to everybody, and I realized I didn't share this. So I went back on and I typed it up. I said, hey, guys, I saw fire. I saw protests. I saw Paris, and I forgot to mention, please make sure that this week you make time uh, to pray uh, for Paris and you pray for France. And so it just so happened whilst I was out of the country, somebody sent me an Instagram message uh, of, a, of, a, of a newspaper of the church in Paris, Notre Dame on, on fire. And I still didn't connect the dots with what he was saying. He said, you, you do realize your words just come to pass. There's this fire in Paris. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, yeah. I just kind of <laughs> flippantly dismissed it because I thought maybe it's just a, a small bit of news. I didn't even know what the Notre Dame was. And wow. then a couple of people started sharing the same article. And then somebody shared your article that you had written. And that's when I began to connect the dots and think, oh, my goodness, this is, this is a sign of the times. Wow. It, it really is. And, you know, prophets, you're standing in, I want to talk about some of the differences between prophets and prophetic sure. people. So prophets, uh, and there's different kinds of prophets. Chuck mm-hmm. Pierce, for example, is a times and seasons prophet. I mean, you know, he's always, yeah, yeah, real is a car guy. And, you know, and Cindy Jacobs has an anointing to heal nations and she prophesies wow. over, you know, that's, it's, that's what she does. But there's different kinds of prophets. Um, you know, what are some of the different kinds of prophets? I mean, we see them in the Bible. Ezekiel was more of a watchman prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Isaiah yeah. pronounced the judgment, but he, he yeah. was still a prophet of hope. But what other kind of prophets do you see uh, in the body of Christ today that we can sort of help people identify that God doesn't make us all alike? We're, we're, yeah. we're different. Yeah, I think the the um, like probably like me, I'm more of the Nabi prophet, and yeah. so it's probably how I was raised. You know, Nabi means the bubbling brook or to bubble over, and and I believe you know the Nabi prophet so often 
uh, people ask me, you know, how did you know that about me? And truth be told, sometimes with the nabby, it reaches your tongue before it reaches your 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 mind. Yeah. And, you know, the buzzers, I place my word on your lips. But I'm seeing all of these different flavors of the prophetic beginning to rise in the earth. And I'm, I'm particularly interested in the seer's anointing because yeah. I believe that there's something to be said for the seer's anointing that we haven't yet fully tapped into. But, you know, something really interesting that, that um, the Lord spoke to me about, about the different categories, whether you're a seer, you're a watchman, you're called to heal, or you're a sensor and a feeler, or you're yeah. a knower, whatever it is you carry. Um, I actually believe that, you know, Hebrews chapter 5 says that we have all our senses exercised to discern good and evil, that we're coming into such a crucial prophetic time where uh, the Bible says the great deception is coming, the great mm-hmm. lie is coming. And so with that, we need the great discernment. With the great light, we need the great discernment. With the gross darkness, we need the great light. And so I actually believe that, you know, when we talk about, for instance, I'm reminded of an illustration with Isaac who um, uh, had these two sons, and one of them comes playing the voice of his brother. And I just think that's such a perfect illustration for how the enemy is going to do what he's going to do. He's going to come to many believers playing the voice of God. And, and the one area of, of Isaac's senses that was shut down was his sense of sight. The Bible says he was, he was blind. And so you see him actually leaning on these other senses is come closer so I can touch you. He touches him and goes, hang on, you feel like, you feel like uh, Esau, but you sound like Jacob. Then he says, come closer. And then he smells him and he goes, huh. And then the boss says, and he kisses him and then he touches him. And so you see all of these senses coming into play, mm. but the one sense that let him down was the roe, it was the seer. And, and out of that, I heard the Spirit of God say that we're coming into such a season of prophetic training where we actually need to have all our senses exercised. Mm-hmm. That means that as prophets, we, we need to pick up our weak areas as well. For me, my weak area is the seer, which is why I was so privileged uh, to sit under your training uh, that you came and brought to us in, in London and just, just be blessed by that ability to engage that sense. Mm. Because I believe that if we spend all our time relying on our area of specialization in the prophetic, that the enemy is going to try and play the voice of, of Esau or the voice of God a different way on the inside of us. So, so whether you're a seer, a hearer, a sensor, a knower, whatever it is, I actually believe that we're coming into the season of all our senses being exercised. Hmm. You know, I, I agree with that. And I, I cited a scripture and I was there with you guys teaching last month. There's the, the, the hearing eye and the seeing ear. The Lord has made them both. And it's in Proverbs. And I stressed how important it is in the season for us to be well-rounded in the many modes of communication through which God speaks, because we are. And and some people will say to me sometimes, Jennifer, why, why was I having so many dreams and now I don't have any? And and there's a number of reasons why, but one of the reasons why sometimes you'll, 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 you'll see a lot of visions, then you don't, then you'll have dreams that you don't, then you, then you're hearing his voice and then you don't. God switches it up sometimes. I believe He he wants us to, to press in to this new way. He doesn't want us to get dependent on just one right. way. Uh, right. Be like having one TV channel, you know, or it'd be like only ever listening to one song ever. And he, uh, he wants us to be well, well versed so that the enemy yeah. can't 
so you know, the, the more well versed we are in how we move prophetically, the less chance mm-hmm. the enemy is to mm-hmm. so We've got to press in, and this this book here, uh, eat, sleep, prophesy, repeat. You can get it on Amazon.com. Uh, yeah. uh, do you sell it on your website as well? Yeah, tomiaromi.org forward slash shop. They can okay. find it on, or they can just type it in Google and it will show up. It'll show up. Yeah, this is just really, really good. I was glad to see Dr. Dr. Sharon wrote the forward here. Yeah. Um, how do you walk in a prophetic lifestyle? You know, many people you know, that, that have the gift or, or maybe an even stronger unction. Some people have a prophetic ministry to make them prophets, but they're, they're more prophetic. People trust them in the prophetic. How does one cultivate a prophetic lifestyle? How do you get like beyond the four walls of the church and get comfortable being, being in this, being this prophetic person anywhere you go? Like you're prophetic in the restaurant, you're prophetic in the, in the, in the underground, you're prophetic everywhere. How do you get that confidence? I like this question. Um, I write this in my book. True. Anytime somebody really wants to make a decision to join something, the operative word is lifestyle. Your lifestyle has to accommodate your desire. I mean, we can't say, uh, you know, I want to have a healthier lifestyle and be uh, hang around McDonald's or, or, or sitting around other people. Our lifestyle has to accommodate our desire. And, and so prophetic people... Um, somebody, people ask me this question all the time and I have one very simple answer and it seems flippant, but, but, um, I always tell people to give me time to give credence to what I'm saying. If you truly want to be prophetic, but you're not willing to be in a community of prophetic people, you're wasting your time Amen. because the prophetic is contagious and it hinges on the community of the prophetic. You know, iron sharpens iron. I like to say prophets sharpen prophets. That's good. It, 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 you know, you, you can't get sharpened. A prophet can't get sharpened off of any other area of ministry truly like it can around another prophet. And this nice. is why in the Old Testament, people were very, uh, prophets were very instrumental on building these prophetic communities. You know, the first thing they said when Elisha was ordained was, hey, let's go build some hotels. Let's go build some <laughs> lodges. Let's go make sure that we're making a community for us yes. to have together. And get First Samuel chapter 6, the, the law of the prophetic person. Saul was not a prophet. He was a prophetic person. Come into the prophetic company and you'll be turned into another man. Wow. Without the, the company, without the lifestyle change that's willing to accommodate it, you'll never grow. You know, I had somebody kind of flippantly come to me and say, oh, Tommy, the only reason you are uh, where you are right now is because all the connections you have, A, B, C, and D. And I, I was like, what? what a load of rubbish, you know? I lived in Essex, which was about three hours away. When I found out that there was a prophet in town called Dr. Sharon, I was about 18 years old when I found out. I changed my lifestyle. Mm. I moved from Essex. I physically relocated my house five minutes away from her house because I was not content with just saying, oh, but she's so far away and Oh, maybe, you know, God, if God will do it, he'll bring her to where I am. You know, when Jesus said, follow me, mm. he did not mean on Twitter. You know, he meant really follow me. And I just believe we're in such an age of 
over-resourcing that we've become under-resourceful. You know, we're, we're so inundated with social media, Facebook, Live, Twitter, that we just think, well, I can just catch it later or watch it back later. And truly, you know, I have this pit, bit in my book where I say, discipleship without proximity is a fan club. You know, if you're, if you're saying I'm a disciple of, you know, Benny Hinn and Benny Hinn don't even know you, you know, yes. he, you're just catching him every now and again on Facebook Live. And there's no proximity for that anointing to be contagious and for it to glean off of you and roll off of you. You're really not uh, growing. So, you know, lifestyle is the operative word. You have to make some lifestyle choices and you have to pay a price. You know, Windsor was an, is an expensive area. Windsor's an area, uh, you know, uh, where there aren't a lot of black people. You've been here. There's probably no yeah. black person here <laughs> per, per mile radius. And so for my wife and I to make the decision to move into an area that was completely unknown to us, an expensive area to live, we had to know that we were counting a cost and we were calculating it. That's what the Bible says, you know, yeah. count the cost. Don't move and say, oh, look what I, I, I followed this prophet and now I'm living homeless. You know, even Jesus said, hey, foxes have holes. If you want to follow me, you're going to sleep on the roadside once yeah, in a while. You're yeah, going yeah. to slum it rough. But if you're willing to pay this price, go ahead and do it. And I think so many people, when it comes to counting the cost, their analysis leads to paralysis. They so overthink the the pursuit that they never actually make the plan past counting the cost to pursue what they're dreaming for. So that's the operative word, pursuit, pursuit, pursuit. Wow, wow, wow. That That is so, so good. It reminds me, and I'm, this is a small bunny trail, but it sort of gives the example on the other end. You know, I'm coming to London uh, once a month, and um, uh, my broadcast seems to have come off there. I think we're all right though. I'm going into London once a month and I'm doing a school of prophets and seers. And some people are saying, well, it's, it's too far from my house. And well, can't you come into my city? And well, and I understand that I get that. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, or, you know, 49 pounds is, 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 is just too much. Well, guess how much it cost me to get there. Amen. And yeah. so I That's am going, exactly. it's like $2,000 for a plane ticket plus Vanessa's plane ticket plus the hotels. Yeah. So it costs a lot to come. Now I don't come with looking to break even or make a profit. I'm coming mm-hmm. because I have a word of the Lord. Yeah. And if you have a word of the Lord to go somewhere or to sit under someone's ministry or, you know, to complete an assignment for the Lord, you have to count the cost. But when someone's coming into your territory that you want to learn from, whether it's Benny Hinn or Sharon Stone or, you know, Tommy or myself, you've got to find a way to get there. That means you take off work. That means you, you pay the price and, uh, and you go for it. So, you know, I, 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 I paid huge prices to walk in uh, and I'm glad to do it. It's nothing compared to what Christ paid, but you, you do, you walk you pay a price. Every believer pays a price to get where God wants yeah. them to go. Whether you're a, a janitor in the church or whether you're the next Billy Graham, there's a price to pay. And in the prophetic, it seems to me the price is a little higher because we oh, are sure. spokespeople for God. We are speaking yeah. for him. And so God really has to trust you. And a lot of people can prophesy, but are they really prophesying what says the mm-hmm. Lord? Or are they mm-hmm. prophesying what somebody else said down the street? They thought it sounded yeah. cool, and now they're re-prophesying it. And now I'm getting <laughs> a little controversial. But we see that. We see that people okay. are under so much pressure prophetically that they'll grab somebody else's word and re-prophesy. And that's not yeah. what you meant here. It, it says, eat, sleep, prophesy, repeat. But it doesn't 
that say reprophesy. So we don't, <laughs> we don't want to reprophesy. We want to get a fresh word from the Lord. And yeah. in this season, even in these last few days, I've been under just tremendous spiritual attack. And I know why, because I'm coming to London, praise God. I know that's why. Um, But, you know, in the midst of the attack, God began to speak to me about the next level of sacrifice. And prophetic people, you know, the Bible says in James, uh, for an example of suffering and patience, take my servants the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And so this is the ugly side of of the prophetic that if you want to call it ugly, nobody wants to talk about. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, how Jennifer's on this platform and her prophetic word over France went viral and, and how she's starting awakening. They want to say to you, well, you have this connection and that connection. No, no, no. Connections are wonderful. They're divine. God brings them because you did something. You created a a culture in your heart of desperation for him and, and a desire to pursue the gift that he put on you and therefore you know god saw you fit to promote you because you were humble mm-hmm. and you waited on him and so you know many many people uh they they, they see prophetic ministry as glamorous but i just want to yeah. deal with this for just a minute because it's, it's not it's not all that glamorous honestly you wish to start prophesying Have you ever been to asia you go to asia and they're so hungry for <laughs> the word you will have no voice left. You it will be <laughs> You come out of your, your room at five in the morning to get get something from the hotel lobby, and one of them's out there, yeah. and they want a word. So, but that's how hungry they are. Amen. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. picking. I'm just saying. Once somebody knows you can prophesy, forget about it. You know, exactly. You're, they're going to pull on you, and, and okay. it's part of the price. You know, so okay. and, you have to die to self. And, you know, I just want to add something. The, there's, you know. People think, well, I get it now, Tony. What you're saying is I've got to go to a meeting. I've got to be uh, in Jennifer LeClaire's uh, meeting once a month, and I'll get more prophetic. <laughs> there's, this, there's this story that I was fascinated by in the Bible for years, and I never understood it until actually until when I started writing this book. I never understood it. It's a story about how uh, Moses is tired. He's been in Asia prophesying or in his version of Asia prophesying and people are lining up at the door and he's like, I just want to die. And his father-in-law says, what you're doing isn't wise. Find some able people, lay hands on them and transfer that gift that's on you on them. What's fascinating, I think it's in Numbers 13 or 14, somewhere like that. But what's fascinating about this story is he gathers these 12 together. The spirit of prophecy comes on them and they prophesy. And then the Bible says, but never prophesy again. But then it says that two men who have been invited to the meeting, the tenant meeting, but didn't show up, they were in the camp, mm-hmm. prophesied and continued to prophesy. And Joshua runs up and he's like, hey, there are two men back at the camp prophesying. Should I tell them to stop? And Moses said, it's my desire that all the Lord's people are prophets and that the Lord will put his spirit on them all. Mm. But what was fascinating to me was 12 men who were invited to the meeting showed up and the spirit of prophecy came on them and they prophesied once and never again. Two men who were invited but never turned up to the meeting decided to stay in the camp, continue to prophesy. The reason I never preached this message because I thought God was trying to teach us the secret to being a great prophet is to is to sign up on Eventbrite but never show up. You know those people, they <laughs> yeah. sign up, they occupy a seat, but they don't ever show up yeah. to the meeting. Um, but then I read it closer and, and I really heard the Spirit of God speak to me. And he, he said, you know, if you want to be prophetic, 
it's not enough to go to the meeting. You have to be connected to the camp. Wow. And that was the point that broke through for me. You know, most people think I get more prophetic when I show up to the meeting. You can go to every Jennifer LeClaire meeting in the world and still not be connected to the camp of the prophetic. That's right. You know, to be connected to the camp means you're pitching your tent there. You're pitching your life there. You're pitching your resources there. Most people are content with coming to a meeting to add a tool on their tool belt. I went to LL. I got my healing gift. I went to Jennifer. I got my Sears gift. I, I go to uh, Sharon. I get my Nabby gift. No, with the prophetic, it's not enough to, the prophetic is not a tool on your tool belt. The prophetic is the DNA of the New Testament church, it's the foundation of the house of God. And so I just believe that God, when he stopped those prophesying, he showed up at the meeting, but he continued those prophesying, he went to the camp. What he was saying prophetically was, these are the people who have pitched their tents in the prophetic. They're not just showing up and paying their 45 pounds. No, they're continually sowing. They're continually living. 45 pounds is too small for them to give. You know, they're partnering with this thing. And so that that was just my little add-on in case people think that it's just about coming to a meeting. Right, right. Because it's it's not. You know, honestly, when I was coming up in the prophetic, I didn't have any where to go to a meeting. You yeah. know, my, my meetings were with God. Mm-hmm. And, and I thank God for Bishop Bill Hammond's books uh, on the prophetic because that really helped me. But there was a couple of years before I even found the books. And so, <laughs> you know, you got to sometimes the only school you can go to is the school of the Holy Ghost. Oh, you know, and, and that's where I got my foundation was with the yeah. word and with the spirit of God. So it's not about a meeting. Um, it's It's about the connection first to God, because um, you know, he's our source and then to other people, our church Absolutely. in South Florida, I know your church, um, uh, my church, Windsor is a prophetic church. Obviously yeah. my church here in awakening, awakening house of prayer in South Florida is a prophetic church. And it's, it's not unusual at all for me or someone else to prophesy during worship. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes I'll be, I'll be sharing a message and the Lord will remind me this happened to me during a special event last week. The Lord reminded me of a word of knowledge. He gave me during worship that I forgot to release. And so I stopped the service. Thank God people are used to me doing this. I stopped the service and I'm sorry. Can we have a Holy ghost moment? It was about uh, someone that was warring for an inheritance. And um, it turns out there was five people in we were relatively a small group right. on a, a small service um, that, that had that issue. And so we, we went with it. So, you know, in the prophetic, you kind of have to be free flowing, but there's also yeah. order. And, and there's Absolutely. like this tension between, cause you can let everybody come up and share a prophetic word, a psalm, a hymn, but you'd be there all day. So there's this whole way of learning to move with the spirit as a prophet or prophetic Absolutely. person. People always ask me, tell me, when am I supposed to release this word? And I always mm. say the Holy spirit that gave you the word will tell you when to release it. So good. But, you know, of course, sometimes he doesn't say release it now. You just have to you have to understand the ways of God and prophetic people. I don't think there's enough training. And that's what I've started doing in my church last week on the ways of the spirit of God, Mm. because, you you know, his ways. Moses knew his ways. David cried out, Lord, show me your ways. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So we have to really be those who pursue God. You want to be more prophetic, get connected to a prophetic church. And somebody on here asked me, well, I don't have a prophetic church. Well, you know what? Maybe you'll have to pick up everything you have and move somewhere else. <laughs> like like Tony did. Amen. Maybe, maybe you'll have to just make some changes. Maybe you'll have yeah. to 
to join a, an internet church for a while and receive the training they have and connect via internet. But there's nothing like face to face. There's nothing like being present in a community, the, the, the yeah. atmosphere, you know, Saul, when he prophesied among the prophets and they said, is Saul too one of the prophets? He, mm. he wasn't watching it on live stream. He was in the presence of the prophets. Yeah. And when you hang out with prophets, I, I know that you know this because uh, we've both experienced this. We hang out, you know, like when, when me and your brother and Dr. Sharon and all, when we're there hanging out, it's like we all get more prophetic. It's like the, the yeah, level of prophetic just, just right. Yeah, it's just an upgrade. It just yeah. rises. So um, is there anything else you want to say about this book? What, what, um, what would you tell people? Because they need to get a copy. Eat, sleep, yeah. prophesy, repeat. Um, I mean, there's so much I could share. But I think, um, I think one of the challenges most people have, like you rightly said, is when do I go from revelation to delivery? Because you, you know this, every revelation has an expiry date. And That's right. if you if you if you share the revelation past the expiry date as an I told you so and I knew it was going to happen, nobody cares because the the point of re- the point between revelation and expiry is called relevance. You know, right in between that gap is is the time to bear most impact because you know God says there's none like me. I declare a thing from the beginning, and then I do it. I, I, I declare my statement, then I get ready to do it, and I reveal it to my servant prophets. But most people don't know this, that part of the New Testament church privilege is the call to revelation. Prophecy, I call prophecy the delivery mechanism for revelation. It's the, it's the hose through which revelation is, is delivered to the people. Um, but revelation is everybody's gift. Everyone. The Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and mm-hmm. our children and their children, not the prophets. Every single person That's right. has a, a gibbs on revelation. Now, the prophets have a, a, a larger part in that revelation, but everybody gets it. And, and the truth is you only go from revelation to relevance when you decide in that moment between expiry and revelation to share something. And that is another R word meaning risk. Hmm. I mean, we all know this as prophets, that there's this moment where the more you graduate and God grows you in the prophetic, the more hard, the harder it is to take risk because now you have another R called reputation. That's and, right. And, and you have to manage reputation and manage risk at the same time. And I think the more God gives you credence as a prophetic, the harder it becomes unless you're surrendered to the Holy Spirit to take those next measured risks to really deliver what the Spirit of God has. But, but one thing that I share in my book that I think is really key is that a, a church without revelation is like a school without textbooks, like a hospital without medicine. Christ built the church, and on the rock of it, it was built on the rock of revelation. And so if you get rid of revelation and you have, you know, teaching or, or hermeneutics or homiletics or, or, or whatever letic you want, and you get rid of the revelation truth of God, the, the institution of the church really is redundant past the point where it's no longer a disseminator of revelation and it now becomes a dispenser of information. Mm. Now, when every other mountain fails and every other institution fails, the reason the church 
isn't failing is because nothing is new under the sun, but in the realm of revelation, we live above that sun in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so there's always a space for the body of Christ to outshine in a dark world. And and how that happens is, you know, the Bible says nobody lights a candle and puts it under a table. They strategically and deliberately position that lamp in a way that men see it and give glory to God. And and I just think that, you know, most prophetic people say, well, Tommy, you don't get it. You, you travel all over the world. Or Jennifer, you have platforms. Where's my platform? Before Jennifer had a platform, she had a revelation. I mean, <laughs> Amen. That's just the truth of it. And the revelation is the platform. If you learn how to steward revelation well or become a good steward of revelation, the revelation becomes a platform. Or, or as I like to put it, revelation is for elevation. You know, the Bible says your gift makes room for you and brings you before that's important right. people. And so everything God gives you in secret, the Bible says, what I tell you in secret, declare on the rooftops. My, my problem is with today's prophets is where so spoilt for rooftops we have too many rooftops we have facebook rooftops instagram rooftops twitter rooftops we we don't even need the 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 church platform rooftop anymore we have all of these rooftop places to share what the spirit of god has given to us but if we learn to be stewards and faithful in the position that god's given to us he'll elevate us to another realm but what most prophets do is they get the revelation they hide it under the table until just about six o'clock news when it declares you know the, yes. the, the, the thing then they go oh here it is guys i saw this i read it in my book on july 16 2005 before it happened and it's like nobody cares anymore you know That's the right. whole purpose of revelation is about that you position it in such a way that men see it and give glory to God. But like God said to Habakkuk, he said, hey, once you declare it, part of the risk is you've got to wait for it. I mean, it tarries. Right. It seems like it's never going to come to pass. In fact, sometimes it feels like the opposite's going to come to pass. Yeah. And you're still waiting. You're watching the news anxiously every day. And then it's like, whoa, it happened. Thank God for you. Yeah. You know, wipe the sweat off my face. But 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 it's that it's that point between revelation and uh and and um and delivery that I think most prophets miss that key window to really take that thing that's under the table and position it so people can see it. Well, and that's so important too, just for the sake of prayer with some of the words that we've gotten lately. I mean, both of us, both of us, I remember when I got back from, 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 from London, went to France, came home to the, to the States. And in that time I, I was slammed. I was so busy, but I knew I needed to get that France word out. It took me a couple of days and the Lord kept reminding me, put it out, put it out, put it out. Yeah. Why? Not so that I could look good or be cool. No, because he wanted people to pray. And you yeah. know, that cathedral could have burned all the way down or there could have been something worse that happened. If the, and the same with you, you forgot to say it on your, on your, on your morning show. So what did you do? You went ahead and got back on there and typed it out because it was important because you understand the expiration date on a word and it's for a purpose. Everything God says and does is for a purpose. And this is what we need to learn. The prophetic words are not to make us look cool, sound cool. I got a prophetic word one time about 
a kingdom will topple. It was on election day when Donald Trump was elected. Well, everybody knew that meant the the other the Democratic kingdom was going to topple, mm. make way for the Republicans mm. to come in. And mm. if I didn't release that when I did, it would have been expired. I, I couldn't yeah. say, oh, you know what? I, I, I It's in my journal. And we see too much of that in the prophetic. We've got to be willing to take a risk. Faith is a risk. And then if you're wrong, guess what you do? I'm sorry, I missed I'm it. Sorry. I'm going to go to the Lord. I'm going to learn where I missed yeah. it. Absolutely. I agree. Amen. I agree. Amen. Well, tell me, would you pray and just release a prayer to, to sure. stir them up in the prophetic before sure. we go? I want to make sure you all get this book right here. Uh, Eat, Sleep, Prophesy, Repeat. It's on Amazon. It's also on his website. If you have any trouble finding it, I did put a link to it in the Eventbrite. If you didn't sign up on Eventbrite, just Google it. You'll find it here. I'm going to put it real close so you can see how to spell the name. And uh, there you go. All right. I'll hand it over to you, Tommy. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that there are people watching right now who feel a stirring in their spirit. They feel like, God, you have so called me for this, and I'm so frustrated. And, and Lord, there are even people who feel like there are revelations that you've entrusted them with that they haven't stewarded well, or they, they, they drop to the moment, to the last minute. Father, I just ask you can recycle and recircle moments of opportunity again. Lord, I pray, Lord, that not just for revelation, but Lord, Ephesians, you pray for wisdom and revelation. The the ability to steward revelation well needs the union of wisdom with revelation. So Lord, I pray for a generation of wisdom and revelation, revelation and application with integrity, with purity of heart. And God, that, that at the end of it all, you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God is good. Listen, I will be in London. You want to check out the School of Prophets and Seers. It's on Eventbrite, jenniferleclair.eventbrite.com. We have the House of Prayer in Croydon, the House of Prayer in Windsor. All that's there. Hook up with what's going to bless you. Amen. Don't come thinking I'm going to make you a prophet. God makes you a prophet. But if you're looking for training, then I invite you to come on out. God is good. Tommy, thank you for being on the broadcast today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. We'll see you guys again soon. Bless you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family.
This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.